Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We are back on the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. Subscribe and watch live on YouTube at our YouTube channel. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. The Olympics are just, what, about 36 hours away in terms of the track and field action. Gordon, we're talking men's running events today, the final part of our four-part Olympic preview. How are you? I'm actually not doing too well. Uh, you weren't there, but for those who are listening, uh, yesterday was a company summer offsite, and um, there was a little drinking going on after the, last night, and I had a few many, and then I tried to get on a scooter to scoot Uh-oh. about two miles home, and I fell, and uh, I got a lot of bruises. I, I, I fell pretty badly, so my... I feel like I cracked a rib. I mean, I don't think I did because I feel like that would hurt worse than it does now. But I'm in a little pain. Not gonna lie. So, yeah. When uh, that's how I'm feeling. I fell on a scooter. I even had to take okay. the test. I vividly remember they make you take a test because they assume that you're inebriated because of your movement, and you had to like pass like a little quiz that they had on the app. And I passed mm-hmm. it, but then literally 30 seconds into the ride, head first. It was not good onto the sidewalk, but Jeez. I lived to tell another day. I had to make sure I'm around for this podcast. The Olympics yeah. start, like you said, in 36 hours. Tomorrow night is the first session, so I'm back. I'm ready to go. And then we're going to be going, just so people know, live at the completion of the evening session in Tokyo, which is essentially going to be the early morning session here in the United States. So that first day, Friday morning. The 10K, the men's 10K is the main final. So we'll be going live at 7 a.m. on Friday. And then the weekend slots, it's 8 a.m. and 8 a.m. We'll go for about half hour to an hour, depending on, well, and how much we have to say. Yeah, exactly. Some days there's going to be a lot. Some days there's going to be not as much. But we'll we'll do our best, just like we did through the trials, to, to recap it. And hopefully everybody tunes in and chimes in, leaves comments in the chat, sends emails. I want to start actually with an email. Prior to this preview, the preview show that we're going to get to, uh, Jeff wrote in with a good question. Basically, he's saying, because he's you know noticing the first part of the Olympics, you get swimming and then gymnastics, and then you get track in the second half. So he's saying, as an athlete, which would you prefer, Gordon? Would you rather, do you like it that track is second, or would you prefer track to be first? Because if you compete early, you'd miss the opening. A lot of times they miss the opening ceremonies when there are opening ceremonies. But he's saying you get more time to celebrate after. Now, this is in the world where you're able to stay in the village, which is not the reality right now. Or you compete later in the games like it is with track and field. And you could go to the opening ceremonies. But then once your event is over, the Olympics are already winding down and it's probably not as festive. 
I would prefer the way it is right now. I, I think going second is better. I think it's more fun to be part of the opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies. And mm-hmm. I think you can find a way to have a little bit of celebration in the one day or two days after your event. Or like, hey, maybe the Athlete Village is closed down, but Tokyo will still be around, so you can just go to a hotel and do your thing there. So I don't think it'd be... I don't think the uh, need, the potential of, of swimmers and gymnastics celebrating in week two of the Olympics is as valuable as being able to just go to the opening ceremonies and chill in the village and just be kind of rested, go, getting ready to yeah. get ready for your big event. I'd rather have time before my big race as opposed to get it and get done out of the way right away. That's and cool. from a spectating perspective, I like that it goes second. And I know there's been some pushback on it because basically you get more media coverage, I think, if you're in the beginning part because you're still in that Olympic window where if you win a gold medal on the last day of track and field or the second to last day of track and field, you get to Monday and people are over it. They've moved on. You might get one one Good Morning America hit and that's that that's about it. So I, I get it from that perspective. If you alternated it and put track and field first, sometimes maybe that you'd see a little bit of a, a, a difference there. But from spectating, I like it. I like that track has that stage in the second half. Swimming's wound down. Gymnastics, yeah, it's still going on, but people have already seen that. Track's this new thing that, that jumps in there in the, in, in the second half. And you're right, opening ceremonies – much better than closing ceremonies. I don't think people usually remember the closing ceremonies. All the indelible images yeah. come from the opening ceremonies. Before we get into the the previewing of all the running events, we'll talk a little bit about what your thoughts on on the whole Simone Biles pulling out no, mid-competition. I, I kind of do. I, 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 I don't. I, I do. I, <laughs> well, I There's do. a lot of bad takes out it's... there, and I was just really no, I don't happy have a bad that take. this wasn't track. This, was, the, this wasn't for track. For the record, I don't have a bad take. I don't. I don't okay. have a bad take. I just Listen, think it's. Travis tells us to stay on task when we do the show, and you wanted you want to jump in right now with Simone Biles. Well, I was just That's saying. I guess do. it would be the equivalent. It's the equivalent of. Is it the equivalent of someone being like, "Hey, I don't want to run the four by four? No, I don't think so. It's no. it's tough. I, okay, so I'll indulge you. Gotcha. Thank and you. I'll, and I'll I'll talk about this. Okay. It's hard to compare this to, to make a track parallel because something as technically complex as gymnastics really only exists in the pole vault in track and field. Fair. Yeah. So yeah. and and the whole the whole idea of like the team competition where you're competing individually but your score gets added up, it's difficult to draw a parallel to. True. So listen, like what I don't understand what people are arguing. Are they mad because I know some people are mad and some people are happy, but the people who are mad, are they mad because she pulled out of the competition or are they mad because she doesn't, wasn't doing well? Because if you're mad that she wasn't doing well, I think it's pretty clear she's the greatest gymnast of all time. No one's mad about that. Right. So then, so then you're mad that she stopped. And if you're mad that she stopped, you have to actually look at how that competition's constructed and she was hurting the team by being in there. So she tapped out. And everybody's making the football comparisons. I think it would be if... Patrick Mahomes just all of a sudden couldn't complete a simple pass in the first quarter 
and was throwing interceptions and was missing his target. And he said, hey, we're not going to win the Super Bowl if we do this. Take me out of the game. And then they put somebody else in as a backup. I think that's – it's pretty clear, you know, the yips, whatever you want to call it, like something something was was wrong with her. I don't, we don't have the full story on it yet. But her staying in would have made the the team's chances worse, not better. That's every smart gymnastic person that I've read in the 24 hours since then has pointed that out. Like that, that was just the reality of it. So if you want to do a track comparison here, you run the four by one at the beginning of the meet. You, you didn't do well. Things are going poorly for you. You know that the next best person up is going to do better than you in the four by four. And you say, hey, that person should run. I don't have it. And the reason why you have to say it and not the coach is because if you're Simone Biles and you're the greatest gymnast of all time, that's like, take, that's like Bolt, right? You're going to defer yeah. to that person. So, so she asked out, just like Bolt would have probably had to ask out in that similar scenario. I know it's a stretch. It's not the exact same thing because the gymnastics is a lot different than the 4 by one the 4 by 4 in terms of what can go wrong. But that's, that's how I saw it. I mean, I just think people are trying to make a take out of anything. And yeah, it's the Olympics. This would drive, have takes. It, right. This would drive me absolutely insane if something similar was happening in track and field. Um, so I, I sympathize with the gymnastics people who cover this year round and have to listen to this. Do you know what I think it kind of slightly, just a little bit is kind of like? Hmm. I think it's kind of like Ben Simmons in a weird way where he pulled out of the team Aust- Australia for basketball after what happened in the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. had maybe a type of yips type performance yeah he wasn't there mentally 100 percent, and he probably thought hey i probably shouldn't be representing australia because i'm not in the right framework right now that i was mm-hmm. a few months earlier and i think some it's yeah it it's just a unique situation for like i think a lot of fans and even non-fans typically we rarely see athletes have a mental injury it's always like, oh, I twisted an ankle or my arm hurts or something with it. Like, yeah. we, we, we see it. We're starting to see it a little bit in basketball as a Philadelphia 76ers fan. I feel like I've been seeing it a lot with Markel Fultz. Fultz, yeah. And yeah. then ben, yeah. and ben Simmons. And they're both, you know, number one overall picks. And for some reason, they forget how to shoot occasionally. And they're clearly talented. We just, I think we're not used to mental uh, injuries. That's what I call it, a mental injury as a thing that happens to superstars. And I think it also, it makes us take for granted what it yeah, takes yeah. to be an all-time great star. Like anyone can be great once, right? You just have a great year, whatever. I mean, but to do something that like Bolt does year in and year out, being able to be the guy who's supposed to win and, and do it, or Mo Farah, who every year was like, I need to be the 5K, 10K doubler, you know? Yeah. You, you see those type of yeah. dominances and you kind of take it for granted that like it takes more than just skill to win year in and year out. You also have to always have the right mind year in and year out. And it's hard to do, especially with pressure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this happens in a lot of different sports. I was, I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso, but the main plot point in the first episode of season two was a player getting the yips, um, which I went on YouTube and did a deep dive. And there are a lot of baseball players who all of a sudden just could not throw the ball to the base, right? And not yeah. even a, a not even a hard play. There were there's video of of catchers 
who can't just loft it back to the pitcher. Like they lose basic, simple functions that they've done for maybe 20, 25 years. In track and field, uh, Steve Hooker, the pole vaulter, to put in, uh, here's another event, uh, like I said, that's, that's, that's dangerous. He had the yips uh, at a certain point in his career. And it just got incredibly difficult for him to compete. So it's just weird for me. Like if your take is she hurt the team and she let the team down, but what she did increased the team's chances of winning. It it sounds like you just made up your mind that you wanted to hate on Simone Biles, regardless of the actual facts and the outcome. Um, and then you put in. I mean, that's what sports is. You always hate on the star, right? You build them up and then you tear them down, right? So right, but 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 there's this desire to paint it as, and if she comes back later in the in the meet and she competes, then she's putting herself ahead of the team. Yeah. Um, she pulled out well, number, of the individual as well, so I think. Right, but there's like the individual events that she can do too. There's 400 okay. opportunities to get a gold medal in gymnastics and in swimming. <laughs> That's what you need. In track, we're like, could they get two golds in gymnastics and swimming? It's maybe seven. I don't know, but yeah, like. The, da- the danger element obviously is is unique to to gymnastics. There's only a few other sports out there yeah. at the at the Olympic level that are that dangerous. And then you add in the competitive element and just the idea of like, hey, she was not able to perform on that day. That's why you can sub people in, and that's what she did. But it just, I don't know, man. Everything has to be looked at through this prism of well what would tom brady do and i think it's just uh just insane um i'm looking at the chat here a lot of people chiming in uh someone asked do we have any update on the news of a jamaican and american sprinter testing positive for a ped in tokyo no we don't i don't i don't know anything about that that's literally the first thing i read when i saw saw it in the chat um should we go to the preview Let's, let's preview. Let's, 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 let's just preview. Sorry, I, we don't we don't know anything about this. Um, that would be rough, obviously. Um, more more later, I guess, if we do find anything out. But I have not seen anything so far. Okay, hundred men's hundred. Trayvon Bromel, Gordon, can he cap his comeback story with a gold medal here in? Tokyo comes in with the fastest time of the year, 9.77. Only one loss in the last two years, and that was Monaco, and he avenged that quickly by winning in Gateshead. Top rivals to him include Ronnie Baker, Akine, Akani Simbine, Andre de Grasse, particularly the U.S. as well, who ran 96 at the trials. Is this Romel's time for gold, Gordon? I think so. I mean... I don't see anyone like who's been running as consistent consistently as good as Bromel this regular season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have that one Monaco race, which is kind of what everyone is going to put their their eyes on to have the justification to say that Bromel won't win or isn't the favorite because he didn't win that one race. But then if we look at the other 10 or other nine races, you have to realize, okay, he's more the, the nine out of ten times he's a, he's running differently, and mm-hmm. you got to take the odds of nine out of ten over one out of ten. Now again, one out of ten happens. Ten percent chance is a percent chance that mm-hmm. Br- Bromel has a bad start, not 
kind of stumbles, and then you have a Ronnie Baker or a Sabene find a way to take the win, or a dare I say, like a Fred Curley. I just don't think we've seen enough falter from Bromel to give the field the benefit of the doubt. I think the benefit of doubt needs to go to Bromel right now. And Bromel has the experience, right? It's not like he's, mm-hmm. even though he's never won gold or anything like that, he's won world indoors. He's, he's been to the Olympics. He's, he's got top three at a world championships. So he's a, he's a vet. And I think when push comes to shove, when he's on that starting line in that final, he'll just put together a solid race. He'll run. I think he'll run like nine, eight low and win. That's what I think. I, I see it similarly. I think that he's actually fairly experienced compared to the rest of this field. People like you know DeGrasse, who he came up with and he shared the, the bronze medal with in 2015, has experience, but it's not as if there's a lot of – because Usain Bolt was in the event for a lot of years and then Christian Coleman won gold and Gatlin, all three of those guys are not here. They are not on the start line. There's 11 guys on the start line who have run sub 10 this year, but there's only one guy who's run under 9-8 this year, and that's 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 Bromel. And I think his start really has put fields away early in every single race except for Monaco this year, and it seems as if he just gets a a B start. He doesn't even even need his A plus start. Um, that should be enough for him i'm looking at the rest of this field though and i have u.s medal odds at this one at 90 percent gordon because i think you have to like baker here as a potential medalist um trials runner up he beat bromel and everybody else in, in monaco simbine and degrasse will be tough i think they're going to be solid simbine's been top five the last three outdoor championships obviously we know how many medals degrasse has uh, Sambine in particular, your 984 is is good. I think it's going to be between those four guys for the three medals: Romel, Baker, Sambine, and DeGrasse. When I when I dug in, you don't think Fred Curley has a shot? I think it depends which one we're looking at. Are we looking at Fred Curley in trials and before? Or are we looking at Fred Curley in the two races after? Because he dropped a couple ten ones there, which are which are concerning, because in both of those races. Americans won them. So they were able to rebound from the trials. And I know everybody's recovery is going to be a bit different, but you could throw out one, but two of them, I just, it's trending in the wrong direction. So I think bronze would be his best, his best outcome here. But I think there's enough guys there who have proven themselves solid international competitors that, that I'd put him outside the medals if I had, if I had to make a pick. So, People in the chat asked, am I going to bet $100 on Bromel? Like I said, I am betting $100 in every event. Uh, for this event, I think I'm going uh, – Trevion Bromel is minus 118, which is shows he's the favorite. However, to get top three for Simbene is plus 105. So that's mm-hmm. plus mm-hmm. odds. So I think I'm going to put 50 bucks on Bromel winning and 50 bucks on Simbene getting top three. And then I may parlay it. I'm not sure yet because then I'll give him better odds. But I think I might do 50 on Bromel and 50 on Simbin again, top three. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on me doing that? You 
Zagreus. I think you should. I think you should be. I think you should go even bolder and just. I think you should only bet winners. You could bet multiple winners in one. In one. Well, event, no. You, you got to bet, bet top threes when there's plus money. No, like you should. No, Sabini, like in a pole feel, vault, feel, it's not worth putting all the money on Mondo because you're not going to make much back. But if you put a lot of money on Chris Nielsen being top three, you'll make a lot of money. That's what you got to do. I, I think Sabine is a good pick. Fourth in 19, fifth in 17, fifth in 16, and he's faster this year. I like that pick. I like that pick. Yeah. That's so. plus money. You get better yeah. odds by putting money yeah. on Sabine being top three than uh, odds of picking Bromel to win. Right. And I, I think Sabine is going to get in the top. Top three. Also, some other names just to to mention here: uh, Lamont Jacobs of Italy, who's run nine ninety five. Uh, Gift Leo Talela, who's run nine ninety four from South Africa. Uh, Yamagata of Japan, running from his home fans, has run nine ninety five this year. And you know the veteran Johan Blake, nine ninety eight. I see it as I as I mentioned. I think those those four guys. Um, are the ones that are going to contend for the medals. Of course, things can happen at the edges as well, too. And I'd be surprised if Romel doesn't get this done. Um, I'd say the two people... Blake has a chance of meddling. I just think it's... I think he's going to make the final for sure. I think he's going to make the final, but I don't... He Can he get to 9-8? You know, is it going to take a 9-8 to to get a medal in this race? Probably. We don't know how quick the track is, but Curly 986 for third at the trials. We already know what Sambini ran this year. It's going to take something quick. I don't know um, if Blake has that that top end. I'm looking at the last time he ran. Yeah, he hasn't a 989 in 2010, and then he ran you know nine, mid 98s in in 2012, which was his best season where he got this PB of 969. But yeah, I think finals. Yes. I think uh, metal, no, for Blake. I think two good long shots to metal that, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but great bets. Sean Maswangani, the Houston freshman, he's plus mm-hmm. 6,600. That's a good chance. to. I mean, if he puts together a crazy 989 type race, he could find a way to be top three. Um, he's, he's good, right? I, I don't think he's going to be top three, but he could be that wild card. And also Divine Oduduru, who hasn't really been the same since his 2019 Texas Tech days. But, hey, maybe he puts something together and finds a way to – you know, it's, it's going to – like, if they do it, it'll be like, oh, we should have seen it this whole time. They clearly yeah. had it, and then they just never put it together at the right moment. And now they did. But Divine Oduduru I, and Masson Ganway, the two college kids, I think have a – or former college kids for Oduduru have a chance. I think you should save your wild cards for the 200. Because that's where it always okay. seems to happen. And I think that's where it's shaking out again this year. Now, you, you got a favorite there in Lyles who who won the trials. There were some nervous moments there. You got Kenny Bednarik and Arian Knighton who went 2-3 at the trials. You have DeGrasse. You have Divine Oduduru there who I think probably has the fifth best chance in this race. And then Joseph Van Boulay who everybody learned his story during the NCAA championships. But there's just a lot less depth in the in the 200 on the men's side than there is in the 100. So I think now I know if you're talking about long shots, Divine's not as big of a long shot in the two as he is in the one. But that one to me, it feels like two U.S. medals and DeGrasse always figures out a way to medal, but but it's, it's just not as deep. 
So I could see Odaduru squeaking in there and making some noise. Knighton, perhaps, he's just met every single bar that's been set for him this year. But I got to stick with Lyles for the win, in part because I bet my house on it. You want, so I made the rankings. Uh, we, we don't have graphics. Oh, today yeah, your rankings. Our, our boy, oh, yeah, your rankings. Uh, hold our, on, yeah, your rankings are insane. So let me just talk okay. about this. Hold on, but I just want to tell why people aren't seeing him on the screen. Uh, Travis, our yeah. co producer, he is in a meeting today. So you just have to trust us when we announce the rankings. You just go to the site and kind of look at them while we talk about them. But the 200 meter rankings that I created as the representative of the official float check rankings. Uh, 10th, 9th, 10th, McWalla, 9th, Aaron Brown, 8th, Jareem Richards, 7th, Divine Oduduru, 6th, Sean Maswangawe of South Africa, 5th, Joseph Fambula, 4th, Andre de Grasse, 3rd, Arian Knighton, and then I put 2nd, Noah Lyles, and 1st, Kenny Benner. Which it makes absolutely no sense. And I'm saying that as someone who's been on the Kenny Bednarik train from the beginning, filmed the workout with Kenny B when he was at Indian Hills Community College in Ottumwa, Iowa. I think he's solid, but he's never beaten Noah Lyles. Lyles has a faster personal best and a season's best. There's literally no reason why he should be ranked ahead of Noah Lyles. Okay. Let's look at Noel Lyles' uh, <laughs> top three, top three two hundreds this year. He's won nineteen seventy four at the trials. He's run where he where he beat Kenny Bednarik by only point oh four. Okay, he beat and him. He ran nineteen ninety in Walnut in May, and where then his third Kenny best Bednarik. time is nineteen ninety one, where he okay. uh, he he got second to a, a high school kid. Remember well, that? that was in the pre. I mean, we're not to a high school kid. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a race though. It's a race. It's a race. Okay, so 1974, 1990, 1991. Ready for Kenny B? 1978, 1988, 1990, and then he has a 1993, a 1994, a 1993, Here's the thing. Just <laughs> because no you reason. beat someone twice doesn't mean you'll beat them the third time. <laughs> That's true. And that I, true. I want, There's I, no I, okay. He should you say tell picks. Me. He should say your picks then. These should not be, you should not label it a ranking then. If you want to pick. They're, on the, they're ranking. Oh, hold, on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, fine. But there is no legitimate reason why he should be ranked ahead of him. You can pick him. That's fine. I think a lot of people will pick him. Again, I've. I've been on the Kenny Kenny B bandwagon since like the jump, since we got those grainy videos of him chasing down people in Juco indoor four by fours on 200 meter flat tracks. I I've been following his career from the jump, but Lyle should be ranked ahead of him. 
Blau should be ranked ahead of him. You want to pick him? That's different. Blau should be ranked ahead of him. I just think that Lyles, you have to admit, even Lyles, Lyles is admit, Lyles hasn't had the best of regular season, a regular season that you would expect from someone coming off of running 19-5. Would you agree with that? Agreed. Agree. Okay, but he's so this isn't 2019 Lyles, right? Yeah, 2-0. Two two okay, so does that... Okay, so when we do NBA power rankings, if you just happen to no, beat the NBA. other NBA team, you're guaranteed to always be ranked ahead of them forever? Like... If, if you match when, up when head we, to head when you, in track and field twice, especially one meet at the Olympic trials where everybody's going all the way, all out, with no questions, then you should be ranked okay, ahead of them. Okay, so... Now, if a 10-16... It's a testament... It's, this is not another sport. Football this is track team, and field. If, the, if a 10 and 6 football team is 2 and 0 against a 14 and 2 team, which team is better? This is track and field. Keep it on track and field. There's no reason why he should be ranked ahead of them. Like their The reason is, is his the, consistency. His consistency and you need to be consistent to do well in three round events. They've, they've raced twice and he's 0 and 2. This is this is as clear as it could be. I get what you're saying. This isn't the Lyles of old, but that just shows you how good the Lyles of old is, is because he was slower this year and he's still ahead of everybody else. Again, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen in Tokyo. Do do I want Lyles to win in Tokyo? It depends. Was that house bet I made real or not? People are going to have to decide. I don't know. We'll find out. It's not predicting anything about what's happening in Tokyo to say that right now Lyles should be ahead of him. Based on the I season. just think you we shouldn't put the two resumes you up. Disregard you can't put the two resumes up. It'd be one thing, Gordon, if they never raced against each other for some weird reason, and and we were just going on Lyles's past, but they didn't have head to heads. But they had two head to heads where they both were going all out, and Lyles beat him. Beat him close. It's close, but he beat him twice. Yeah, he beat him close. And but if, what about depth though? You don't think having six sub twenties? means something when a, the other guy only has three sub 20s is it double no. he's doubled not the when you're racing against each other we've seen him we have we don't need to go to that as a tiebreaker because we have the apples to apples comparison they lined up together twice and okay maybe if bednarik had run not against lyles and had dropped in 19.5 this year maybe since the trials if he had run something faster but Lyle still has the fastest time in the world this year, too. This one, again, I don't I oh, oh, don't. you mean oh dropped the 19.5? Oh, you mean how Kenny B ran 1965? It wasn't win legal. Okay. Oh, but Kenny B can't control the win. Hold hold on. No, 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 no. You are the biggest win times don't matter guy. You're not gonna spin this around. Plus 4.0 and ran the 1965. We're talking about win legal times. He has the fastest time of the year. You're wrong. Well, let's move but on to something you... we agree. Let's let's move on to something we agree. I bet people in the comments uh, don't agree with what I, what I Well, said, but... okay, here. Hey, Logan says, I usually agree with you. You're losing people who ordinarily agree with you. Logan says he usually agrees with you, but this is too far. Kurt says, agreed. Okay. Sorry, Gordon. You're wrong here. Uh, Anthony says, well, no, Gordon, it does not. Asafa Powell has the most sub-10s and never won a gold at any global championship. Yeah. I'm going to gonna say we're going to wave like, the white like flag take. on your behalf. <laughs> Oh, no, it's Kenny B is plus 500 for gold, and I am putting all $100 of that event on Kenny B. And I will then I don't... be winning $500, and I will then uh, use that $500 to uh, put uh, 
an offer on your house. That's what I'm going to do. Look, take your house. For I you. don't, I don't, I think that's a great decision not to take my house, but like given the <laughs> odds, that's a good bet. That's a good bet. Given his resume, I'm just saying ranking him and picking him is fine. I'm just saying ranking him. Number one is totally different. I think DeGrasse is going to get a medal here because DeGrasse always figures it out. Knighton is a bit of a, a wild card because man, he just does not seem phased at all by the pressure and he's been running a pro schedule pro season. He went to Hungary and jumped in that, that 200 with DeGrasse and with, with Bednarik. So he's, he's not racing this season, like a high schooler. He's racing this season, like a, a young pro. So I'm interested to see what he does. And then I who, think who won that, would, who won that race in uh, Hungary? Uh, he that was Benaric. Benaric won the race in Hungary. A Benaric? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. DeGrasse beat him in Doha earlier in the year, though. So he does have a loss to DeGrasse. Just <laughs> I'm just giving you one time. Yeah. Uh, Sarah says no one ever agrees with Gordon. Uh, yep. Hey. Uh, Cookie Monster says Gordon making bets is like doing charity. <laughs> hey, if, if everyone, if you want to just always take the opposite bet of me. And then we'll see who comes out with more money. Go for it. And then I'll yeah. gladly help you make more money by picking the opposite of what I what I go with. But let me, we'll see. Let me ask we'll you this see. question. Last last thing on the men's 200, which, by the way, I have 95% medal odds for the U.S. in that one. Do you think somebody can win – or do you think somebody can medal in this event this year who hasn't gone under 20 seconds so far? Uh – under 20 seconds legal, what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, who is who? Who are we thinking that would be? Well, this isn't a trick question. I'm just asking you, in general, do you think it's possible? I mean, yeah, Sean Massenganwe, he's only won 2010. I could see him maybe meddling. Okay, you did too much research. I was talking about it more generically, not looking at specific people. Because only six people in this race have done it. It's the six we've, yeah. we've mentioned. The, the three Americans, DeGrasse, Fanboulet, and Oduduru. It just limits the pool pretty quickly when you think of it like that. And we don't have a lot of – like the three Americans, none of them are coming back from the 100. Which – and DeGrasse has, has been a solid doubler throughout his career. I don't think we're going to see a lot of drop-off from, from people and you know, stars in the 100. This isn't 100-dependent is basically – what I'm saying. So if you think, hey, it takes two, it takes sub 20 to win, and you've had to have shown that you can, you're a sub 20 guy prior to the Olympics, then you're already down to six people, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. 400, men's 400. This is going to be close. This is going to be close. We got this email. It was when Lincoln was co hosting about how you guys were basically uh, disregarding, or Lincoln probably in particular. The 400-meter field, and in particular, Stephen Gardner. And I agree with this emailer here because when you actually dig into Stephen Gardner's – you don't have to dig very far into Stephen Gardner's resume to see, oh, man, this guy has basically matched everything that Michael Norman has done. He's got a good 200 PB. He's only three uh, 100s off of his 400-meter PB. He got the gold in Doha. He hasn't been running out of this world times this year in 2021, but neither has Norman. So I think Gardner is, Gardner's going to be tough to beat. They've only raced against each other once this year. 
Gardner won. That was that race in Hungary when Norman finished third to Gardner and and Bryce Stedman. So far from a lock here, I, I would probably still pick Michael Norman just because I feel like he's got another level to go up. But I think Gardner is going to be a factor. I think Zambrano, nobody's talking about him. Again, he's been in the 44s a bunch this year, as have everybody else, but he was silver in Doha. He's only lost once this year, and it was to Norman. Um, and then you got you know, veterans like Van Niekerk, Karani James, Isaac McWalla in the mix. But this thing is this thing is open, and I just don't know. Randolph Ross is the only sub-44 guy this year. Are we going to see a, a sub-44 sub in, in Tokyo? Uh, yeah, I think we will, and I think Norman will be that guy who runs sub-44. To the the disrespect of Gardner, the uh, supposedly disrespect of Gardner, he's he won in 2019. He beat Norman head-to-head in, in Europe. Here's the thing. Yeah. Both – all right, beating Norman in 2019 means nothing. Norman was hurt, right? So, cool. Way to make the fight. You're just so saying he won gold. He won gold in 2019. He won gold. But, like, that wasn't about beating Norman. Norman but, like, I'm not going to hold – the way I'm not going to hold that, I'm not going to hold that against Norman because he was hurt. So, and then the loss yeah. that he took in Europe after the trials, he also lost to Bryce Dedman, who, who mm-hmm. he smoked at the trials. And a lot of those Americans were there for one thing and one thing only. It wasn't to run track and field. It wasn't to throw track and field. It was to collect a check. And you just got to show up and go through the motions. Now, again, the pros, they're going to put an effort in there. But, like, I feel like that entire track meet is, like, you know, mm-hmm. the last week before the NBA playoffs. Yeah, you're still going to go and try to get your 20 points or whatever, your 10 rebounds. But you don't really give a shit if you lose. You just are there to collect your check. And I think we can say this about Clayton Murphy with the way he performed in Europe. I don't think that really is indicative of how he's going to perform at the Olympics. And I think you could say the same for a lot of these sprinters, especially Norman. That third place to me was just got off a plane. I'm here. Cool. I just don't want to get hurt. I'm not going to push myself. I know what yeah, I can do. Yeah, but Bryce Dedman just got off the, the plane too. I mean, Bryce Dedman just got yeah, off the plane. Yeah, but Bryce Dedman had, had a lot more reason to prove himself. Bryce Dedman got off a plane after not okay. making the Olympic team. That's a little Norman different seems, from the guy getting off the plane Norman's, after making the Olympic team. Norman Kate seems Grace like a, didn't a make the Olympic. A Kate Grace guy. would not have run. Sorry, Kate Grace would not have run one fifty eights and one fifty sevens if she made the Olympic team. She would not have done that. Norman just always seems locked into me, though. I don't think he's a guy to do a throwaway race. All I'm saying with Gardner is, he's. I think he's equal to Norman. At this point, we we speak of Norman. I'm I'm 100 guilty of this. I'm not putting this on you, or I'm not putting this on on Lincoln. We we speak as if um, Norman is the the shoe in for this, and it's and it's not true. And maybe if he ran a couple tenths faster at trials, it would look a little bit different. Because when you go in with a 43.8 as opposed to a 44 low, our mind just immediately. <laughs> Puts way more stock in that for probably unnecessarily so. But Gardner's proven himself over the last several years. 
that he's yeah, always, I think, he's always yeah. in the, like going back to 17, he was silvered to Van Niekerk in 17. We don't remember that because all we talked about was Van Niekerk's double. And then we go to 19 and all we talk about is Norman's injury. Meanwhile, he's just been steadily piling up the medals and piling up the fast times and, and doing it consistently. And I, from an American perspective, obviously we're going to, we, we've been following Norman since the trials in 2016, perhaps high school, before that yeah. as a, as, as a high schooler. So I, I see why that's where it, where it went. And also when you run 43, 45 in April it, at Mount Sac, it's natural to ask the question of, are you going to break the world record later on this summer when you open with a 43, yeah. 45? I'm, I mean, that's just, that's, that's not overkill. I'm sorry. It's, it's not. So I think that Gardner's right there. I think Norman's going to be, I think, I think Norman can win. I would, I would pick him to win because I, I think he's measured out his races more strategically this year and measured out his effort over the course of the year. Rather, I talked about how Rye Benjamin was discussing how the coach held them off of working out with each other to keep the, keep each other fresh. But I, ju- I think it's going to be a complete dogfight for gold. And in, any, so any the, size victory is a good victory here. The, right now, the, the odds makers put heavy favorites on Norman, Van Niekerk, and Nier to be your top three. I don't think Van Niekerk is going to medal. So I'm trying to figure out who I really think will be top three with Gardner and Norman. Like, is it I, Michael Cherry? Is it Randolph Ross? I don't know if it's you, Ross. I feel like he's going to have a little bit of rookie mistakes. Zambrano, maybe? Zambrano, I like. And he's, his odds to win are pretty – what are his odds to win? Plus 1,800. Yeah. Again, if I was a betting man, which you're the betting man here not me, plus 1,800 on a guy who's he's been really solid if you go and look uh, at his record. I think you just have so many – low 44 guys this season in there mid to low 44 guys in there that that it's tough i guess i would say i yeah norman gardner zambrano would be my trio van niekerk though could could factor in i think he'll be on the outside of that cherry's been been solid mcwallow's run 44 mid karani james has quietly been putting together a good last couple years but i would i would have zambrano for the bronze Soprano. All right, he's plus two fifty yeah. to medal, so maybe I should go with that. Plus, I, don't know. I plan for those listening. I plan on announcing my picks on at the end of every podcast. Going in, so at the end of this podcast, I'll announce my day one official bets mm-hmm. that I'll be placing, yeah. and then I'll do that every yeah. podcast, so you guys can know this, where I might be losing all my money for and cheer against it. This of <laughs> this event. And the next event that we're going to talk about, the 800, have the greatest possibility of uh, an entirely different top three than you anticipate. Yeah. I, th- I think because all it takes is, is one injury or one issue and then a couple underperformances. And we just haven't seen the huge breakout, the separation type performances in the, in the quarter this year. 800 time. Let's do it. This race, this race is a doozy. To figure out. So you have Nigel Amos in there as the top seed, fastest time. 142.91 in Monaco, which he's won repeatedly throughout his career, but he's only won my one he's only made one final, excuse me, 
since the 2012 Olympics when he ran that 141 and finished running up to Rhodesia. If career in there, also fast time in Monaco, Clayton Murphy won the trials, ran 143 low, got the bronze medal from 2016. Marco Arop of Canada, third in Monaco. Jesus Lopez, who's run really well this year, took Brazier to the line, ran 143 mid. Ferguson Rochich, Michael Sruni, Patrick Dobik. You got Bryce Hopple, who was fourth in Doha. We just don't know. No one here has put together the, the complete season. And then you add in the fact that it's the 800 and it's wild. This could be, this could be a 2017 type 800. I think it is going to be a 2017 type 800 where we have a, an unexpected race and a surprise winner. So if you look at my rankings, they're not just my rankings. They're the flow check rankings. Oh, let me see. I haven't looked at these. Do you have, oh, Kenny Van Eric won in the 800. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I want to yeah, get your reaction to seeing the 800s for the first time. What are your thoughts? Michael Saruni. Okay, that's a choice. Let's see. Uh, well, read, read these through so everybody can. Okay, I'll read, I'll read it. So I have Michael Saruni, one, Clayton Murphy, two, Ferguson Rotich, three, Nigel Amos, four, Marco Arop, five, Career, six. I have Patrick Dobek, seven, uh, Elliot Giles, eight, Tuca, nine, Lopez, ten. So only one American in my top yeah. ten. Um, I really – I think Clayton Murphy is going to medal. I don't know if – I can see him winning. I can see him getting second and third. I just don't see him getting fourth or worst. So I think Murphy is going to medal. I think Rotich has been very consistent. I think he's the most consistent runner this season. So that's why I yeah. put him as a, a meddler. I put Amos and Courier on the outside looking in because while they're 142 guys right now, they could probably run 141 in a crazy race. I just don't see them putting it together in the third round of three races. They are really good at Diamond League type uh, 800s. I don't think they're that really good in third round type races. So that's why I have Courier 6 mm -hmm. and Amos 4. And I look at Michael Saruni, and if you look at his season, it is not much. Pretty good. Didn't race much. It's pretty. He hasn't raced much, but let's let me bring up. I got where is he? He won the Kenyan so trials. His season's best is seventieth right now, but he he won Solid. the Kenyan trials, which is a win over Rotich and Courier, two legitimate good guys yeah and then he's he's been in it he's he he won the usatf grand prix he won he got second in the golden games he has been able to find ways to have a really good kick and put himself i just feel like he is he's he's gonna be like pierre boss he's gonna find a way in a slow 800 to kick in that final 200 and pull away from the field he, he has the speed. We know what he can do. He splits 43s, 44s in 4x4s. And he, he won the Kenyan Trials. Like, that means something. I, I think we might need to go even farther off the board in terms of who could win this. I look back. Really? If we're going to do the parallels. If we're going to go to the parallels to 2017, Boss had only run three 800s, and his season best was 144.7. He was just getting beat at Diamond Leagues. He was he was running. I mean, he was fine. He wasn't falling off the face of the earth or anything like that. But it might it might come from someone even 
less credentialed than Cerrone. Well, Cerrone's not even that credentialed. He hasn't really done much internationally yet, but... So who are you thinking? Are you I thinking mean, of someone? You, are you thinking of someone? Cerrone ran head? into his. Cerrone ran into a career when they were teammates at UTEP. I think that's a pretty good line item on your resume, and knocked him out of the NCAA sure. championships. Am I thinking of anybody in particular? Uh, does the name Isaiah Jewett ring a bell? No, I don't know. Uh, I just when you have so you have you have Amos, who's really good at a Monaco type 800, which we don't think this is yeah. going to be. But he's not he's he's not good at rounds. As I mentioned, he's only made one final since 2012. Yeah. Something always comes up. Either he doesn't make the final or he's a late scratch, doesn't stay healthy. Then you have someone like Murphy, who's really good at rounds, but we've seen the last couple races in, in Europe haven't gone well for him. So is there someone who's in between that? Is there someone who's in between the pretty good at rounds, but also able to run a good, a good one-off? And and who would that person be? Is it is it like a Saruni or an Arop or a Lopez, or is there somebody else farther down the list? I don't know. I don't like I I I threw that out there without actually having anybody okay. in mind. But. I mean, that person who's right halfway between both is Ferguson Rotich of Kenya. Okay. He finds a way to be consistent in rounds. He makes finals. And he can run a fast 800 here or there. Uh, yeah. So that's why I have him as kind of meddling. I just think it's going to be heavy on the round runners and not heavy on the time yeah. trial runners. And I do yeah. think it would be different if – I think if Donovan Brazier was in this race, I think Donovan would pull in one of Korea or Amos to a medal. Because I think Donovan yeah. would have ran 142 in the final, a healthy Donovan, of course. And if that happened, yeah. then one of Rotich or Murphy just kind of gets it over their head and falls back to fourth or fifth. Kind of like the 2012 uh, final where Nick Simmons ran out of his mind, but there's just too much going up front to even be in the conversation for a medal. So yeah. without, listen, it- without Donovan, I think... We're just going to see the Sarunis and Murphys find ways to, to meddle. Boss wasn't the favorite at all in 17. And that era was all, you know, all the talk was Rudisha prior to that. And even after that a little bit. Hey, is he going to be able to get back into form? But Boss was good. He was making finals. He was sixth or he was fourth at the Olympic Games in 2016, fifth in 2015, seventh in, in 2013. So to your point, to someone who's been knocking on the door and in the mix, in the mix, and then finally they take advantage when the race opens up. So he was he was fourth the year before he was world champion. Do you know who was fourth in 2019? Who? Bryce Hopple. Yeah, Hopple, I don't Hopple would be the would be a boss type move. Uh because well, he has a little bit of the credentials. He's shown that he can run a fast 800, but his regular season has just been kind of shit for what he's used to been doing compared to what he did in 2019. So for him, then all of a sudden, in the most important week of his training, he finds a way to get back to peak hopple. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be very impressive. 
Well, he never – he was – you're right. He was so consistent. He was – and even into uh, 2020, won U.S. indoors, ran that 143 in Monaco, was second to to Brazier, ran out of gas a little bit, and then 2021 comes. He looks solid early season. He beats Saruni. He gets third at the trials, 144-1, gets through, but then 11th in Monaco with a 147 and then fifth with a 145. I'm not counting him out though entirely. I'm not counting him out with that. Well, yeah, European you can't job. count. It's 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 the, the European. Job. That's good. Uh, I just think it's the 800. The craziness is going to happen. And when I made my rankings, I predicted this type of craziness. I predicted the craziness of the two 142 guys in Amos and Career not finishing top three. That was my. Uh, path I chose, but I could Kurt be completely says, wrong. It could be a different path. Kurt says if you go with Gordon methodology, Roach Rochich has four times faster than Saruni and run eight times for Saruni four, so Gordon should choose Rochich. There you go. You know, so so Ken, Kenny no, Bednarik in this situation is <laughs> is is Ferguson Rochich, and yet you're picking Michael Saruni, Noah Lyles. That's what he's saying. I, so when I did these need, types of things, talking about yourself. depth and stuff, I had different algorithms based on the event for what it's worth. I treated sprint events different from distance events. And 800 was a, a unique in-between of both distance and sprint. So that's why it didn't come out the way it did. So just... I, I think the bottom line and here, I did a little nobody bit of, is, What? Nobody separated themselves. Nobody separated themselves. There's yeah, no... Yeah, you could argue... Cool. You could... You could have a really, really long, unproductive argument about the men's 800, but it would be very long and very unproductive because you'd just be saying which 144 is better and this person beat this person but also lost. It's a complete it's a complete mess. The only person who just – the only one like indisputable fact you could say is Amos has the best time of the year. But if you want to pick Amos based on past results, then there's obviously a risk there as well too because we know how he's been in – Recent championships, men's fifteen hundred. Let's keep it moving, Gordon. Men's fifteen hundred. Well, let's 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 go back to the sprints. Let's get to let's do the hurdles and the relay. Are you ready? Hurdles fifteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. People, let's go to one ten. Waiting for the fifteen hundred. All right. Ah, uh, Grant Holloway. Make him keep. Is Grant Holloway? It's a big favorite. Grant Holloway would have been the favorite. He's an even bigger favorite now that Omar McLeod is not in the meet. World record obviously in play. Just needs to PB, and he will get it. Twelve eighty one. In the semis at the trials, he has a world record indoors, undefeated this year. Medal contenders, you'd have to look at Izumiya of Japan, Levy of Jamaica, Ortega of Spain, Velocien, and Martin Lagarde of France, Shubenkov, authorized neutral athlete, and then Allen and Roberts from the U.S. But I think at the very least, I, I think Holly's going to break the world record, but I think at the very least, he's going to go under 12.95, and if he does that, no one in this field will be able to run with him. Yeah, let's see what the odds are for him. Minus 335. I mean, you could go really yeah, just not... lean in hard and, and be like, he's definitely going to win and put like $1,000 on it to make a couple bucks. Uh, they don't have a prop bet yet of world record or not world record maybe there's somewhere else but 
place where I'm going to be placing my bets doesn't have it. Yeah, I mean, Holloway's going to win. I was talking to a friend about gambling on um, track, and he was saying, like, I got to find the really heavy favorite who falls apart and then pick against it, right? And his suggestion was Grant Holloway. And I was like, that's the wrong favorite to what? pick against. What? I was like, Who is your Grant Holloway is not the one. I, I said, Grant Holloway is not the one who's going to fall apart. Yes, there will be a heavy favorite that will fall apart. Not all the heavy favorites will win, but Grant Holloway is not one of them. And he's like, oh, okay. I gave him a different person who you can Has guess who I gave him. But yeah, my friend watches, watches track. Yeah, but my I friend also person? might be... Yes, you know this person. My friend might also not watch it as much. Just because this is Sue. Oh, Grant Holloway. Everyone talks about him. He's the one who's going to lose. You know. Listen, NCAA championships are not the same as the Olympics, obviously, but he was six for six in finals there. And that last one was under a lot of pressure from, from Daniel Roberts. And we knew that was probably going to be his last year and in his last race. He broke the collegiate record and and beat Daniel Roberts, and he goes on to win the world title that year. There's not many times when Grant Holloway hasn't lived up to the hype. And I think he's so much better than everybody that he could have a bit of a off race. Things don't need to go perfect for him to win. I think in 2019, things had to go really well for him to win, especially his time from after NCAAs until – Doha was a bit bumpy. He lost some races in there. This is entirely different, Grant Holloway, and the field is entirely different. And I think, like I said, if he runs twelve ninety four, he's gonna be he's gonna be clear after a couple hurdles, and we're just gonna yeah. be watching the clock. The next best runner was run thirteen oh six. It's a long yeah. time between thirteen oh six and twelve eighty one. However, yeah. let's say this: if uh, the Japanese athlete. Izumaya, as I say his name right? Mm-hmm. Imagine yep. him defeating Grant Holloway in Japan. Like, that would, be, I mean, if there were fans, that would be like the craziest, like, upset to take down yep. the person you thought was about to break the world record and you did it in your home country. Um, that would be a wild situation, but it's, it's just not happening. It's not happening. I like how you said if there were fans, just to. Just to yeah. kick me while I'm down here. That really made me feel bad, Gordon. For oh, metal odds for US. I have ninety percent. Might might even be a little low because I think I think Allen and ninety percent. Hold on. You said there's a ten percent chance Grant Holloway doesn't medal. Yeah, maybe it's five. Really? Maybe it should be ninety five. I don't put it in the ninety nine tier like I do with women's four meter hurdles where you have two up there who could get the gold because. Allen and Roberts, I think, have a shot at a medal, but I think it's uh, it's a longer shot. And so you're just saying, hey, is Holloway going to get top three? It's still the hurdles, after all. 90% is pretty pretty good chance. Okay. That's true. Four-minute hurdles. Some are calling this the best race of the meet. We get Warholm versus Benjamin for the third time. Did you know, Gordon, Warholm has not mm-hmm. lost for three seasons. He's got a 15-race win streak in the 400-meter hurdles. The end of 2018 was his last loss, 19, 20, and 21. He's been perfect. Got the world record this year, 46-70. Rye Benjamin, number three all-time, 46-83. 
that he ran at the trials was silver to Warholm in Doha, but they have not raced this year. Also in the mix, Alison Dos Santos has run 47.34. Abdurrahman Samba, who of course got bronze in Doha and was the man in this event before Warholm took over. And then Chiron McMaster. I think this is going to come down to these two guys, and it's awesome that, that we get to see it. I wish we'd see it more, but Olympic final with Warholm and Benjamin. I think it's going to live up to the billing. I think it's going to be uh, another close race. I think that Warholm will be considered the favorite, obviously. I don't know. Like, I've, I've tried. I've picked Benjamin a couple times the past couple years, and obviously uh, I've been wrong. Actually, the past year, 2019, I picked him a couple times to beat Warholm, and I've been, I've been wrong. So what do you expect to see from this race? I expect Rye Benjamin to win. And I expect that to happen because while Carson Warholm, Warholm is the world record holder, 46.7 and 46.83, their two respective times, to me just feels equal. You know, I, I don't look at Warholm as some, uh, he's in a different tier as Benjamin. I really think they're in the exact same tier. Now, Warholm, though, while in the same tier as Benjamin, has the better pedigree as he's win, he's won, you said, what, 15 straight races he's won? Yep. Yep. But, like, you lose eventually. And I think Benjamin, this is his moment to end that streak. I think he's in position. I don't think Benjamin was in the same tier as Warholm going into 2019. I think it was a Warholm tier. And if Benjamin wanted to beat Warholm, he first had to join his tier to then beat him. He has now joined the Warholm tier. And now that he's there, now he has a legitimate shot of pulling off the upset. And I think it will happen. Now, you could say I'm a little biased because I was born in the US of A. Rye Benjamin, American, so maybe that's why. But I look at 46.83, 46.70. They're both extremely all-time in the world history type marks. Put them together on the track, I think there's an equal 50-50 chance for Warholm Benjamin. Maybe you give Warholm a 58% to 42% for Benjamin because of the pedigree, but it ain't no 75-25 or two-thirds, one-third. It is as close to 50-50 as you can get for who they are. That's my thoughts. So I think Benjamin wins, and I'm going to put a lot of money on his plus 250 to win. <laughs> so let's make it happen. I, I don't think it's 50-50. I don't think it's a crazy bet to bet on Benjamin, but I think it's, it's a well-earned 60-40 just because Warholm always brings it, and he's brought it the last couple of years. And we saw Doha. I know that was two years ago now, but he he handled himself when he did face off against Benjamin. What do you think? I mean, what are the odds that these two don't go one two in some order? Dos Santos uh, has been good, I'm, but Dos Santos just has the he's like Femke Bowl. He just happens to be he's competing in the wrong era, basically. Yeah. No, I mean there's no odds. I don't think they have to go one two. I, I mean, it would be it would be a false start or or a fall. It would be a DNF or a DNS. They're either going to be one or two or DNF or DNS. They're not going. No, none of them are finishing third. 
or fourth or fifth. So please don't, uh, please don't curse. Please don't curse it, Lord. I think Dos Santos. Please don't curse. Don't curse them. Don't. You can't. No, uh, no, no, don't, don't curse. You're like a D, the only way. The only thing that could possibly happen is a DNS, and there's no way I can think of anything. By the way, do you ever spend time heading into the major championships thinking about what the insane story is going to be that we don't see coming? I mean, by its Sometimes. very nature, you don't see it coming. But it just in 2016, you never would have told me there would be a diving controversy at the Olympics in track and field. Like you could not have convinced me that that's what we would spend a lot of time talking about. And I just, I know there's something coming and I don't know, I don't know what it is. There was in a, a swimming event, I forget what it was. There was someone who had like 50 to one odds to win and they mm-hmm. won. Do you know who this was? Someone in the, in the comments might know, but was it the, was it, it made the, me think the seven, the 17 year old from Alaska. In the, in the no, no, no. It was like it was like this. It was a it was a black athlete who won swimming gold. Who was it? Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, he was not um, favorite at all. Like he was fifty to one odds. And I try to think like, would that ever happen in track? Would someone who is like has no reason has has hasn't had any notable win? Their PB is out of the top 20, finds a way to win a, a track race or a field event. Like, do you think that could happen? Or what do you think? Can you think of any recent memory of someone so far out of left field winning a, a track race? Winning gold is like meddling, yes. Winning gold yeah. is is different. I, I'm I will be interested to see. So like Guliev jumps out to me, 2017, 200. Like that one jumped out to me is like, wait, what happened here? And part of that was because of, you know, just the circumstances of that event and, and the nature of the 200. I think it'll be fun to look back at the end and to see who the longest odd, like who was the longest shot to win and who actually got it done will be fun. I mean, Boss, obviously, we've talked about him. Simpson in 2011 winning gold. I, I felt was a was obviously a stunner. The you know, the Cobe from American perspective, the Coburn Frerichs one two combo. I mean, but they were they were known commodities. Uh, do you have anybody? Yeah, so I, I I figured out who the athlete was in swimming. It was Ahmad Hafanoi. He was Tunisian athlete. He's eighteen years old, and I'm looking into. So he competed in 2019 at like World Junior Championships. Uh, in 2019, he was ranked 100th in an event. And then in 2021, he won the Olympics. So, like, can you think so of anyone go, in 2019 like who's ranked 100th in their ranking? event? Yeah. No, not, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's time. I don't know how they do it. But, like, is it real ranking? <laughs> it's someone who has a, ranked 100th and then. Two years later, they're winning, and they're only eighteen. It's wild. Yeah, we've had some people. Oh, come he out was of the nowhere. slowest. He was ranked sixteenth in the world and was the slowest qualifier into the final. So imagine someone who slow yeah, qualifier that's... into the final, sixteenth in the world, and then they win. That would yeah, be wild. That's 
that's particularly strange because it's not just hey you were under the radar but hey you didn't even have a good prelim so you just had the race of your life in the final uh someone in the chat mentions women's 800 in doha unexpected gold yeah Um, shoot halim nakai yeah and and there's been some people who pop up out of nowhere but usually you can trace back and you can at least find one time and you say ah that's why they won but for someone to go and yeah qualify that low out of the the, the prelim into the final or the semi into the final and then make it is 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 nuts okay let's keep this moving here so we got no it's all good let's do relays um, 50... relays okay so you're saving the distance for last yeah, save this. all right. We'll go back to distance, and we'll end with relays. How about that? We'll go to fifteen hundred, and then we'll end with relays. Yeah, I mean, I don't have, I don't have much on, I don't have much on distance. Well, can we just let's just do steeple while we're here, since we're talking about people jumping over things real quick. Okay. This one we'll is a mess. Steeple. I looked at your rankings, and this one's a bit of a mess, just because I don't know who Ethiopia is going to send. They were doing the top three from trials, but their top two steeplers didn't steeple at at trials, and then I saw that two of them. Those two were back in their pool of four athletes, which means at least one of them is going to run. And they ran in, um, uh, who was it? Gurma ran in Monaco and won in 801. So I don't know. The big stat here to follow is Kenya has won the last nine Olympic steeple golds. And then they are in trouble. Yeah, that's not that to 10. Because the top Kenyan entrant is 805. Abraham Kibiwat, and he was second in Monaco. So he could win, but then behind him, you have two guys who haven't run under 810 this year. So regardless of who Ethiopia sends, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And then you throw in El Bakali of Morocco, and it's going to be it's going to be tough for Kenya to extend that streak. Yeah, I, one of the I think El Bakali is one of my non-heavy favorites that I'm most confident in. If that makes any sense. Obviously, you can be confident in a Mondo or a Bromel or a Ryan Krauser. But El Bacali yeah. doesn't really have the pedigree to be the heavy favorite, but I am most confident in this non-heavy favorite. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's shown that he has great wheels. He can he can kick. He's, he has had some flat 1500s that are decent, and he's been in the event long enough that he knows how to do mm-hmm. it. And like we said, there's no crazy dominant other force that's running out of their mind in sub eight type performances. Yeah. That I think his 758 to 802 type ability is going to be enough to win. And with the kick, I don't see anyone taking him down. So I'll go with El Bacali as my non heavy favorite, most confident athlete. He won in Florence. He ran. 808, which is which is solid. I agree with you. I think 759 is going to win this. 801 is probably going to win this. It hasn't been a banner year for the men's steeple. So I think a time like that will be good enough, I think, especially if Ethiopia doesn't end up running <laughs> some of their top guys. It, it, I think there'll be, uh, there'll be some openings there. So keep an eye on that streak. For Kenya, I have the U.S. medal odds in this event at ten percent. The team is Hillary Bohr, Bernard Keeter, and Mason Furlick. Yeah, I have Bohr ranked fifth in the flow check rankings. No other U.S. athlete in the top ten. 
Um, I think in order for Keeter or Furlick to be top 10, they're going to need to be able to show that they can be like sub 815 shape mm -hmm. to be top 10. I don't know if they will. Maybe they maybe they have a breakout. They peaked well for an August final, and they can find a way to sneak into a, you know, a, a sneak into the final. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like Don Cabral. Don Cabral was never like a world beater. Didn't really have the, the greatest of marks, especially when you compare them internationally. But Don Cabral always found a way to make a final at the international events. So maybe Furlick or Keeter can do that. We know Bohr will be in the final, and Bohr will, Bohr will be in it with the lap to go. The problem is there'll probably be five to six athletes with the lap to go, and I just don't hmm. see him finding a way to be one of the three that are still in it with 20 meters to go. Yeah. I think Bohr will get dropped say, in the back stretch. That's what I think will happen. If you're not in it with 20 meters to go, hard to come back from that. That's what they say. All right. Yeah, I think they printed T-shirts with that saying. <laughs> the greatest comeback of all time. That's more impressive than being the last qualifier in and winning gold. Okay, let's jump to the 1500 right now. Timothy Cherry, the favorite 2019 champion. The Kenyan Trials was the only blip on the year for him. He won his last two races including a personal best in Monaco where he ran 328.28. Jacob Ingebrigtsen is entered in the 15, in the 5. It's going to be a tough double to do, so I will be watching whether or not he scratches one of them. If he does run this race and he wants to win gold, he's going to have to get his first win over Chariot in history. He's 0 for 10 all time against Chariot. 0 for 10, including loss a loss this year in Monaco where he finished third. He was fourth in 2019. His best performance this year actually comes in a 5K when he ran that 12.48 in Florence. Uh, Stuart McSwain from Australia, 3.29. Been solid this year. Lewandowski got the bronze in the last World Championships. Then you have people like Charles Samatwa and Abel Kipsang of Kenya. And the Americans, Centro, Hawker, Nagus. This one's going to be fun. I think, I think Chariot is going to win. If Inga Britson isn't there, then it's going to be really wide open for the remaining medals, though. Yeah, do you think there's a chance Inga Britson won't be there? I think he's, I mean, he's entered in 15 and 5. I mean, the only way he'll pull out of the 15 is if he wants to just go all in and be a super fresh for the 5K. Okay, I'm looking know. at the chat like gonna... right now, and someone said Jacob scratched the 5K. So, really? Yes. Yes. It was going to be tough to do both. The way they had him stacked up, the finals were back-to-back -back days. Um, that opens up to five so like major. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Yep. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this tweet from six hours ago from Athletics Wiki. Jacob Ingerbritson will only compete in the 1500, and it's not taking part in the 5000. 5000. We'll get to it in a second. Is just. It's going to be a gauntlet. It is going to be ridiculous. I'm guessing it's he thinks, "Hey, yeah. Okay. So." Metal odds versus gold medal odds are two different things. Yeah, and I think yes, getting, well, no, but one can be better in one than the other. I think his chances of beating Chariot, his chance of getting a gold is higher in the 5K because I think he can beat the top dogs there. But I think his chances of meddling in a way like are higher in the like, 15. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it makes sense. It's weird how that works, but it makes sense. Yeah. Chariot is better than any is, – is better relative to his event. Is a more formidable foe than the 5K because Cheptegei is in the 5,000 and Ingerbritsen beat him in Florence and everybody else when he ran that 12 – 1248 and you could say all right well that's a that's a tactical that wasn't a tactical race it's going to be different well chapter guy's best chance to win is to push it from the front so that was that was his best scenario for for winning and not only did he beat him he beat katir he beat all these other big names mohamed so that was the best 5000 meter race of the year and he won it so that's why i thought he might go to the 5k but him in the 1500 um obviously makes the 1500 a bit deeper, a bit more interesting. I, I'm picking Chariot to win. I think you got to be pretty risky to pick anything else going against history. Yeah. One thing I think is interesting is, guess who has the third best odds behind Chariot and Ingebrigtsen to win? Centro? Nope. McSwain? Nope. Josh Kerr? Keep guessing. No, nope. they had him way down there. Keep guessing. I'm assuming it's somebody. I'm assuming it's somebody we talk about here. Is it Cole Hawker? Yes. Oh wow. Plus seventeen hundred. Bold. Wow. Cole Hawker. Plus seven. Plus seventeen hundred. That sounds. That sounds about right. Plus seventeen hundred. But for him to be the third best. Odds well, it's because is- second odds is Ingebrigtsen with plus two fifty. So. They clearly don't think anyone in the, in the right mind is finishing top two outside of those two, Chariot and Ingebrigtsen. Hawker's medal odds are plus 300. So, what do you, okay, That's so here we go. Who has a higher finish, Cole Hawker or Matt Centrowitz? Now that we've seen what Centro did in his mile, who do you think will have a higher finish? And if they do have a higher finish, do you think that higher finish will be medal? Let me answer your question with another question. How do you think okay. this race is going to play out with Timothy Chariot in it? I think it's going to be fast. Yes, I agree. I'll go with Centro. I'll go with Centro. Look at the look at the track record here. He's made six of seven global finals. He gets to the final and he finishes way high up. I think the 349 was him preparing himself for the chariot type race. So I'll I'll take Centro as the first American, but I think I think he'll be out of the medals. I like I think McSwain and Kerr are being really overlooked based on their seasons. Yeah, Kerr just did a, a time trial where he ran a, a 146 800 but went out in like 55 and then closed in like 50. So it's pretty impressive yeah. to try to show like, hey, being able, can you close hard off of a, a fast third lap? Um, yeah, I think Josh Kerr is being slept on. But you know who ultimately is the biggest person that we're all sleeping on? Marcin Lewandowski. Lewandowski, yeah. Lewandowski. Oh, yeah, bronze. And he, he well, is, he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, Cheriut, Inga Britson. Lewandowski, McSwain, Kerr, I think are my guys up front, I think. 
those I think those will be the that'll be the group that gets the medal. I know I I like narrowed it down to six for the medals. It's like here's a long list of names and all these people can medal. But as you look at McSwain's year, it's really it's really good. You look at you look at Kerr's. We're getting excited about Centro's three forty nine mile. Kerr ran a three thirty one eight hundred much earlier in the season. Yeah, McSwain and that. Th- McSwain was yeah, three thirty four in his championships. He lost to Jai Edwards, then third in Gateshead, second in Doha, one in in the Bislett Games, and fourth in Monaco. He's and he got second in the three k Gateshead that was super fast with Kajelka. He's pretty much in the mix in every race he runs. McSwain. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the first two rounds play out. Like, luckily, I think hopefully. I'm not sure how this works with the odds, uh, but I can wait through the first two rounds before I have to make my bet. Right? They don't close off the betting odds after the before the prelims, do they? That wouldn't make any sense. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. No, I would guess. They gotta let me wait till the final, because once I watch well, those that second that, that semifinal, the odds will change. But I'll be able to really understand who I truly think can be the person to kind of sneak into that top three with Cherry and Ingebrigtsen. So. But I'm agree with you. Also, I think Chariot's going to win, and I think Egan Britson will get second. Okay, next question. Which country will do the best? If we were scoring this by country, Ooh. let's say top. You can run three, but top two score. So you got Kenya with Chariot, Samatwo, and Kipsang. You got Norway with Jacob and Philip. You have Australia with McSwain, Hoare, and Jai Edwards. You have the UK with Kerr, Waitman, and Hayward. They got a Josh and two Jakes. And then the US has Centro, Hawker, and Nagoose. Now that would be a fun thing to bet on, right? That would be fun to like bet on which country scores the most cross country. Uh, like you score 10, 8, <laughs> 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, like NCA scoring sure. style, which country would win? I mean, Kenya. Is in good position, right? Because they they're going to get 10 points. They got a little stick. Um, Norway, I don't see the other Ingebrigtsen doing that well, so I'll take them out. U.S., I think, could put three in the final, but I don't see them having multiple guys in the top half of the race. I think only maybe one of them will be in the top half. So they're kind of, I don't know yet. Great Britain, I think... Could put two people in the top half. Australia, I also think could put two people in the top half. So if I had to rank it, I probably would go Kenya, Great Britain, Australia, US. That would be my That's ranking. fair. So to go back to the last championships, Kenya got was first and seventh. Norway only had one in the final. Great Britain win 5-6-11, which is solid. And then the U.S. went 8-10. and 10. Watch out for Australia. Oliver Hoare has been solid this year. I know he's racing yes. really hard to get on the Aussie team, and but he put out some times there that I think are going to prepare him to, to win this. Or sorry, not win this. To, to compete in this type of race with, with Chariot. 
you know, gunning for it. I'm just, I'm interested in the Ingebrigtsen decision because now we go to the 5K, Gordon, and you have to you have to talk about the world record holder, Jeff guy, but you're also going to mention that he lost this year and hasn't raced a whole bunch. He hasn't raced since he got sixth in Florence, so that doesn't necessarily inspire much confidence. Mohamed Katir of Spain. This is his year, Gordon. This is these it are is. his splits. 328, 727, 1250. Looks pretty sharp. Looks pretty sharp. Also, Jacob Kiplimo from Uganda, world half champ. He ran 726 and 1248 last year. This year he's run a 1255, 5K, and a 2633, 10K. Ethiopia, they had a 1253 from Wale who, again, we don't know if he's running the steeple or the 5K or both. And then 12.54 from Malik, Malik at their champs. Mohamed was 12.50 this year. Then you got Chalimo, Knight, Nicholas Camelli, Abenyo of Kenya, Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid round out the U.S. team. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Now with, with Britson out, this thing opens up a bit for everybody else because I was feeling good about his ability to – uh, Ingerbitson's ability to kick off of basically any pace, and now that won't be in this race. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at when I made the 5K rankings, it was basically a, a classic kick rankings. Who has the best kick ranking in my mind? Yeah. Um, and Katir, Katar, Katir, Katir clearly has mm -hmm. shown he can kick on a fast time or a slow time. Chalimo, I think, performance at the trials so that he can close well and has a kick. Kincaid. I think potentially could have beaten Chalimo if he had better position based off seeing his kick in the 10K. So I think Kincaid is a, a metal threat with his kick. Chef the guy, obviously, he's the world record holder. And then after that, I think it's just a wild card with Justin Knight, Whale, Kiplimo, Ahmed, Gressier. I think the Frenchman, Jimmy Gressier, he can kick. He's running like 335 or 334 in the 15. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think now with no Ingerbritson, we could potentially get two Americans on the podium. And I think those two would be whoa, Chalimo whoa, whoa, and Kincaid. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think it's whoa, possible, whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, it's whoa. possible. I could see a Katir, Chalimo, Kincaid. I think a Katir, Chalimo, Kincaid top three is 100% possible. 100%. I had the odds of meddling at 10%, but that was before. What? Ingerbritson. I'll bump it up a little bit. Yeah, man, these like Mohamed is legit. He got bronze in 2019, 1250 this year, like I said, 1247 PB. It's going to be tough to get past him. One of these the Ethiopian qualifiers is is going to come to play out of that group. There's just there's too much sub 13 talent there. Kip Limo, I mentioned how good he is from everything to 3K to half marathon. I think that the US will be lucky to get a medal. In this event, I'm guessing Chapter Guy is yep. gonna gonna get right, but even if he doesn't, you could see a Katir Kip Limo Ahmed podium, and that's not even including the Ethiopian contingent. Well, here's the thing: most of the people who were in that 2019 final are not here. Like Ethiopia sent a yeah, completely I'm talking about different team. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I'm saying, what one people of did in 2019 means nothing. I think what happened in 2019 I'm saying one of them mean anything. Out. I'm telling you, man, don't be surprised if there's two Americans. If not two, then they're going will to be, be four or something like that. I will be surprised. You'll be surprised? I literally will be surprised. Yes. 
I will be a hundred percent surprised if there are two. Americans. So will you be surprised if Chalimo medals? Yes, I'll I'll be surprised. You'll be surprised if, if Chalimo medals. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't not why, as, why, not why, as a, why don't you have confidence in in Paul Chalimo? Well, didn't you ask him in your interview? Hey, hey, should I bet on you? And he said no. So there's that part of it. There was that, but he did say just, he did tell me to bet on him for top three, which I will. And he's <laughs> plus two hundred for top three. So maybe Paul was just trying to like help me out with like, you know, trying to make me so I don't lose all my money. He's looking again, out for me by saying only bet on me top three. Again, you got just it's a very deep event right now. And I understand that it may not come down to who has the fastest PB, but if you it run won't. 1255, I'm going to, well, if you run, if, if it might though, if chapter guy gets after it from the gun and says, I'm going to try to run 1240 pace, which he can do because he's done it before. If he's in that type of shape, he's going to drag everybody else along. But then you also have the fact that Again, like I mentioned, this is this is Ethiopia's. These were the Ethiopian trials: twelve fifty three, twelve fifty four, twelve fifty eight. Okay, okay. Kenya is sending guys that have run, have run, is sending a guy Daniel Abenwo who's run twelve fifty five. Kiplimo, as I mentioned, has run twelve fifty five this year. Katir has run twelve fifty. Mohamed has run twelve fifty. Ingebrigtsen not being there definitely makes it easier. If Chepta guy isn't the Chepta guy of last year, that makes it easier. But there's still just a huge group of people in the 1250s that you'd need to get past that would all need to have off days or bad days. See, that's not true. That's one not true. Because it's in my mind, in my mind, Paul Chalimo and, Will, and Woody Kincaid, a.k.a. William Kincaid, are both 1255 runners in my mind. Just because That's they didn't do mind. it in 2021 doesn't mean they're not 1255 fitness. You cannot tell me. Well, hold on. Chalimo did it to their heads. They don't. You just told you just told me that 2019 championships don't matter. So why would his Chalimo's 2018 PB matter? It's not about the when they did it. I know that in 2021, if we told Paul Chalimo and Kincaid, I can even argue Fisher and say, "Hey, I need you to go out and run 1255 right now." I think all three of them could be able to do it. I think the reason they haven't done it is because they haven't been told to do it. They had no reason in a year of the pandemic and 2021 to go out and run, go to a Diamond League and hop onto a fast 5K train. Chalimo's PB this season is like 1326 or something like that. It's like shit. And the reason why is because you know, there's, no, there's no reason for him to have to run a sub-13 Right now, and he I think there's no reason for thirteen oh nine. They went. He went it's for indoors, what do you mean? He went for fast times indoors. He ran thirteen. Well, those no, guys I'm ran faster about than that. him indoors. No, that, that, that thirteen oh nine was bull. I asked him about that. It, it was. It was. He just wasn't. He wasn't on his A game. That's just like all right. He's had a bad day. You're assuming Chalimo so and Kincaid like, what you can assuming? run twelve fifty five tomorrow. Why am I assuming that they Don't. they closed in like fifty seconds off of a. In there in the 5k and they both have shown that they have been able to run in there albeit a few years ago but there's a legitimate reason why these guys haven't run it this year is because of the pandemic and the way the season played out they had no reason to try to pr 
in 2021. So they didn't. They didn't try to PR. Woody Kincaid ran in like the B heat at a Portland meet, right? Clearly, he, he, Woody Kincaid is not trying to run 1255 at all in 2021 unless the U.S. final asked for it or the Olympic final asked for it. So he's not going to waste a 1255 on some random Diamond League meet. And same with Chalimo. They are fit enough to run that. Like, you can't – they're not like old age and has-beens and they haven't – like, it's – their peak is over. Like, they're still in their prime. They just haven't had a, an incentive to try to run an all-out 5K. They've only had incentives to do sit and kicks. And now they'll have an incentive to run an all-out 5K because an Olympic medal will be on the line. And I think both Kincaid and Chalimo will be able to handle – Opening sixty second I mean, quarters, like I think they'll be able to handle. They it. have run, but they have run all out five Ks in the past. They may not have done it this year, but they've run them, and they haven't been as fast as these other guys. Okay, what type of race do you think do you this want is me? Be? Do you want do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it? What was different two or three years ago than it is now? What was different two or three years ago than it is now? Yeah. Pandemic? What were people having on their feet two or three years ago compared to what they're having on their feet now? Oh, you want to do shoes? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that conversation. But what's but the, like it is a thing. What like the reason we're having a lot of fast times is because shoe technology. So I think if you put that shoe technology on there when they ran that five k in the woods, I think we get the same. Result. I know, but anyway. you're, you're acting like you're acting like Kincaid and Chalimo haven't tried to run fast. At all, the last two years, on any circumstance, and that's just not true. Can they have been in these fast ten k? He's in a fast ten k, and he goes twenty seven twelve. That's good. Is that good enough to medal? Ten k, ten k is different. No, it's right, this, whatever. It's, but it, it gives you an idea it, when you're going against a guy who in your in your same race, Jacob Kiplimo, who's run twelve fifty five and twenty six thirty three. Your ten k PB does matter a little bit. That if you want to compare all out efforts. Do you think this is going to be fast from the gun or not with Chepta guy in there? I think it is. We're talking about the 5K right now? We're I talking think... about the 5K. Yeah, we're talking about the 5 Yeah, we're talking about the okay. 5K. Yeah, I think it'll be fast. And I think I talked to Chalimo. He says he thinks he's going to be fast. But he says he's ready to run that pace. He's, he just hasn't been incentivized to run 1250 pace. And same with Kincaid. Now, okay, they could blow up and they'd be like, oh, I had never been here before. But... I mean, I did just you watch 2019? Justin Knight's run 1250. I, you... I think Justin Knight's the same category as Kincaid and Chalimo. They just Knight had the opportunity to run fast. Did you watch 2019 World Championships? I know, I mean, Lincoln was there with me, not you. But did you, like, tune in to see those races at all? A little bit. Okay. I mean, the 5K was pretty... <laughs> they went, I mean, 1258 was a winning time. So it might be, it might even be more aggressive this time, but you know, Chilimo ran thirteen oh four, right? And he was the top American. I just, I think it's deeper. I think it's deeper. I think it's even tougher this year than it was well, back that's then. That's why they run the race to prove me wrong or prove you right, right? That's, well, what, gonna, that's what's going to happen. If the U.S. medals, if the U.S. gets two medals in the men's five k, I will. Run to your house carrying an American flag. That's what I'll do. Really? 100%. You got to do that. How, how yeah. far away is your house from my house? It's a couple miles? 
don't know. Oh, we got to film it's, that? No, it's That'll more, be fun. It's more than that. Turn it into a little it's video. More than that. Put a GoPro on your head. Uh, I'll do it in the middle of the day too in, in Texas. So it'll just be – Yeah, you're doing the heat. It'll be sweltering. If they get one medal, it would be a, a huge success. A huge success. Okay, 10K. 10K and then relays. Let's go. Here we go. This is a long one. So you have Cheptegei and Kiplimo, the Ugandan duo back in this race. Cheptegei is trying to defend his world title or build off of his world title from 2019. Ethiopia here. <laughs> Excuse me. Ethiopia here has more familiar names in this race. Yeah, they're stars. With Borega, yeah. with Borega and, and Kijelka, which is going to make this race super interesting. It makes me wonder about the 5K because they didn't put Idris in there, and maybe we'd be looking at that 5K a little bit differently. They also have Berihu Aragawi, who was 26.50 at the trials. Uh, Kenya not as strong. That Kamor had to drop out, but Kiparutu tapped in. Remember, he ran 26.24 on the roads. This one, I think Americans have a better chance uh, at a medal in, in, in some respects, but I still think they're going to be on the outside. Um, looking in, Chapter Guy made this thing honest in Doha. I think he'd do the same thing here. I just don't know weather-wise what's going to happen. They're not going to have the air-conditioned stadium like they did in Doha. And if things are if things are warm, it it could change change um, the dynamics of the race. This one's coming up in a couple of days, though. This will be the first the first final we talk about. Yeah, the flow check rankings has Chapter Guy one. Barrega two, Kajelta three, Kincaid four, Ahmed five, Kiplimo six, Fisher seven, and then a few others. Um, Wait, let me let me look at these. Hold on, these are your rankings. Are they these are my rankings. rankings. And these are the Flowcheck rankings, which also are my rankings because I work at Flowcheck. So these are they go hand in hand. These are actually these are actually not that that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah broken not, clock I mean, is right twice a day. Still, you're still sleeping on, on Kip Limo. I would probably Kip, put Kip Limo instead of six. I'd probably put him third and bump everybody else down. But if you're talking about a finishing order, yeah, these are not that. These are not that bad. I'm curious to see Cheptegei because not racing after you had a a off race. I wonder if he's going to be back and as good as ever, or if that was the the sign that. 2021 chapter guy is a different guy than he was in 2020. But Kajelka and Bragg are going to be solid. I actually like I, I, Kajelka is a good gold medal pick here because he's experienced and he's in really good shape right now. We know that because in the Bislett games, he ran 726 in the 3K. So he can play the role a bit of, of Mo Farah here and just try to shadow chapter guy if it goes out fast. And if they slow it down because it just becomes tactical, that's playing right into his hands. And if things stay quick, I think he can he can hang with him and then try to make that big move. So I like Kajelka here for the win. Really? So yeah. Kajelka is plus 200 to win. Cheptegei is plus 300. Kiplimo is plus 300. Borrego is plus oh, 400. Favorite? And then everyone else. If Ke Kajelka is the favorite? favorite? Oh, I thought plus it was 200. being a contrarian then. Okay, never mind. I changed my pick. I just wanted to be different. Just kidding. So uh, they're so, seeing what I'm seeing. There's some smart. There's some smart, savvy odds makers out there. Well, is Chepta guy's twelve fifty four sixth place finish that bad? 
it's it's not in and of itself, but when it's basically your only result, questions pop up. You did run seven thirty three in a three k in May. Yeah, but we're in a seven twenty so, world now, man. Seven thirty threes are are not what they used to be. It's just it's just you see June tenth as the last race, and you wonder, and that race really was him going out there trying to burn off the field, couldn't drop the field. And then everyone just flew by him, which is concerning for the Olympics. Yeah. So I need to make my bet now. What? Listen, listen, go with the world record holder. If you're making your bet, don't listen to me. Go with the world record holder. You're getting, you're getting him as not, you know, not even the best odds. That seems like a good deal. It does seem like a good deal. But now this is the problem with me betting. I'm always going to second guess my bet. Going into today's podcast, yes. I was all in on just doing the $100 and checked the guy to win. But now when you, you gave me this whole like, oh, well, he only ran since June and he got six. I don't know. Now you're making me yeah. overthink it. So I don't know what I'm going to do. What do you think I should do? I think if they're giving you plus odds for the world record holder, you should take them. Yeah. Do you think there? I should go for a top three plus odds on Mohamed or Kincaid? They gave me plus odds for the yeah. top three. Or no? Stay okay. away from that. Should what I stay about away from someone? Um, what's like? What's Aragawi? Because I don't feel like a lot of people know much about him, but he ran twenty six fifty. He's he's plus odds for top three, and he's plus eleven hundred for winner. He's not going to win. All right, I'm going to do it. Here we go. This is why this is why I don't bet. I just I just get really confident about things I shouldn't be confident about, but never put my own money on the line. That's, yeah, yeah. That's okay, so th- we're doing it here. I'm going with Joseph Chepta guy, putting hundred dollars on him. Oh, Josh, what's so, guy? For, don't do don't do Josh, don't do Joseph Chepta guy. Joseph, sorry, he's Joshua Chepta guy. Yeah, he's not in the race. Joshua Chepta guy. He's my first hundred dollar bet of many to come. I may start off in the hole, or you know, then I'll be up three hundred dollars. If he wins, I win three hundred dollars. If he loses, I lose a hundred. So. To be clear, I think Kajelka's going to win. Just just to clarify here. Wait, who list yeah. them in order one more time? That's the first one. I should take this seriously. List them in order. Yeah, take this seriously. The the odds or my rankings or what? What do you want? Odds, odds. I don't care. Kajelka, Kajelka is plus two hundred. Sheptegai plus three hundred. Kiplimo plus three hundred. Borrega plus four hundred. And then Mohamed Argugawa. Or, I can't say his name. Aragawa. Aragawi are plus eleven hundred each. And then it's. Chaos. And the only one with plus odds see- for, like, yeah, those two guys also have plus odds for top three. So that's good. My question to you is this. What's the difference between Borrega and and Kajelka? Because Borrega no. beat him at the Ethiopian Championships. Borrega finished ahead of him in Doha. I guess the only difference is Kajelka had that Bislett performance in the 3K. So – if Borrega's plus 400 and Kajelka's plus 200, maybe you take even a, a longer shot there. 
Yeah, well, I think it's going to be between Cheptegei and one of the Ethiopians because I don't think Kiplimo's winning. So you eliminate him. So you're down to Borega, Kajelcha, or Cheptegei. I don't think Kiplimo's not winning. I don't feel... This is this is tough. I don't feel this is this event is really wide open. There's all the sprints have a much clearer favorite than this. This is way more complicated than any of the sprint sprinting events for me. And maybe it's just because the people have run less, so it's harder. All right, we're doing it. We're going quick. Joshua Chapter guy, hundred dollars. Let's see how it goes. Put my money where my mouth is. Joshua Chapter guy for the win. All right, Owen final two events. Gordon is betting on someone he doesn't even know the name of. And I agree with you, Owen. He, Gordon should I, not be betting. Okay, I, I know not, his name. I, I just solved – I said Joseph by accident. J-O-S-H isn't both. Sorry. Yeah. All right, relays. I've been talking for an hour and 43 minutes. I'm bound to have a mess up. That's what happens. Yeah, okay. Relays. I got the U.S. metal odds and the 4 one is 75%, which is basically just can they get the ton around. And 4 by 4 I have them at 99%. Uh, four by four, I think they'll obviously be the huge favorite for the gold. Doesn't even really matter what happens in the 400. Uh, Botswana, South Africa, Jamaica should contend with them there. Four by one, we talked, I think, before about South Africa being in the mix. Uh, for a medal, they should be pretty solid. They have a lot of, you know, with Simbine, with Leo Talea and Maswangani, they have a pretty solid top three. But the U.S. with Romel, Baker, Hurley, and then fourth leg TBD. Could be Noah Lyles. We don't know. They should win, but it's should, 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 should. Until they get the baton. Yeah, so obviously four by one. You're betting on if the baton gets around, basically. Yeah, U.S. are heavy favorites in both. Um, We talk about this on the women's side. Let's Let's put together now what we officially think the team should be. Four by one. I think they're clearly obviously going to take Curly, um, Bromel, and Baker. Who do you think they give the fourth spot to? Do they give it to, like, Michael Williams? Like, who do you think they give it to? I think I think if Lyles looks good, you put Lyles on the second leg. You think they'll give it to – you think they'll give it to Lyles? I think if he looks good in the 200, they'll, they'll put him in there. Okay, but what and if Kenny the, B the, beats the, him? <laughs> and they put Kenny B If on? Kenny B beats him, then, then, then put Kenny B on there. I just, again, I think they like the continuity of someone who's done it before. And I get that, like, Mike Rogers and Christian Coleman are not on the team. And Gatlin, it's a whole, it's a whole different team. I think they like having someone um holding over but i don't i don't know that one is up four by four to me is easy it's gonna be it's gonna be norman ross cherry and then rye benjamin and that one's pretty much gonna be set no fred curly somebody has a really they they won't put fred curly on it no no i don't i mean he hasn't run a 400 this year right no he's won one Oh, that's right. He ran one and yeah. Doha and got what did he? Oh no, he ran three. Oh, my yeah, ran oh one of them was in one. Of, one of them was indoor. So he ran forty-four six and then forty-four seventy-four. No, so I think here's the thing with the one meter pool. 
Here's the issue we have with this four by one. Fred Curley's going to be on the team, but Fred Curley cannot run the curve. He's too big. So they need to put Fred Curley either anchor or second leg. However, a lot of times you want to put your best athlete second leg, right? So, yes. I think four, US 4x1 has a Fred Curley conundrum. What do you do with him? Because do you yeah, put him anchor? Because then you know you're like, oh, Bromel should be the anchor. Do you put him second? Because then you're like, oh, but Noah Lyles, he's a 200 meter runner. He can run that backstretch. What do you think they do with Fred Curley? I guess you could go Baker out the blocks to Bromel. Yeah, I think Baker starts. To to Lyles on the curve, have Lyles run third on the curve, and then have Bromel anchor. So that way you have Curley and Bromel in the straightaways. But I don't know. Yeah, I think they're going to do if Baker what was the, I'm now to I'm Curley. I think they're going to do Baker to Curley to Lyles to Bromel. That's what I think they're going to do. What do you think? I'm looking at the uh, – I'm trying to look at uh, – because I remember their order was different than I thought it would be in, in 2019, and I'm blanking on it right now. Four by one. Coleman. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Jeez. Coleman, Gatlin, Rogers, Lyles. So I never would have guessed like they'd put Rogers on the curve, but they did. So they had Lyles anchor before. But if they put Lyles in the anchor here, then, yeah, you got to figure out – Either Bromel or Curly is going to have to run on a curve. Don't put Curly on the curve. That's all I know. They can't do that. That would be a bad move. Got to put yeah. Curly yeah. either anchor or second leg. Watch. They're going to put Curly right, on but the then curve, you have... and then there's be a ton drop. <laughs> but then you have the but then you have this issue where you'd want you have three people for the straightaways. Yeah. I mean, you got Lyles, Bromel, and, and and Curly that you'd want to have on the straightaways. I don't think they have a worry yeah, about there's... needing Ego to be anchor. Like, I don't think Bromel cares where he is. I don't yeah. think he's like, I need to be the anchor. I don't think Lyles really cares whether or not he's anchor or not. So I think that's one good thing they have is I don't think anyone has like, I need to be this for me. I think the only thing they just need to do is make sure Curly isn't curved. Because he's too big for it. You got to put him, you know, either second leg or anchor. Put Curly anchor. That'll be fun. That'll be cool. Yeah. Put Curly on the anchor. Team Curly anchor. That's what I want. Uh, so we talked about the four by four. Any chance Grant Holloway makes an appearance? I know you're going to. I know you're going to go with that. Uh, if you listened, we just posted an interview on the site, uh, latest episode on the run, the show hosted by Serenity Douglas. She interviewed Grant Holloway. She asked him about the relay, and he said he considers himself the best fifth, fifth man in the world. Basically, the, the top four are established, but if you need somebody to come off the bench, he'll do it. The, the schedule isn't that great for him because he said the high hurdles are the same day, basically, as the, as the four. But yeah, the four by one. Round one is right before the high hurdle prelims or high hurdle final. Excuse me. It's like back to back. So he couldn't do the prelims. So you'd have to basically, he could run around to the four by four. I, I think the four by four is 
I mean, there's too many other people that they would consider before him. And then the four by one, you'd have to throw him in for the final. So I don't think that that's going to happen unless there's an emergency. He was, yeah, I just want to see it, it, but not as yeah. he's advocated stronger for it in the past is what I'm saying. I think he basically knew I'm just going to take care of the high hurdles. This, this, these Olympics. So I just want to see a weird championships where you have like, you know, you have Grant, Grant Holloway doing the four by one and the four by four. You have Michael Norman in the four by one. You obviously have Fred Curley in the four by one and the four by four. You just have yeah. all these guys who are just constantly cross pollinating with each other on these relays because mm. we have so many legitimate athletes who are really good in their individual events who I think can make a super four by one or super four by four as opposed to taking yeah. our fourth best open 100 runner or our fourth best open 400 meter runner. Well, our fourth best open 100 meter runner in this case would be Bednarik who True. could end up winning the 200. He's, he's one of those combo guys that, that you described. A lot of this is just going to depend on what, ha- like we talked about with the women, a lot of this is just going to depend on what happens in the, in the meet itself and who, who looks good, who's having a bad meet injuries, all that's going to play in. So I think that the options will no doubt narrow as you go on, but I think you outlined one of the key, key issues. The reason I bring up 2019 is again, Rogers, Hey, do third leg. All right, cool. I'll do it. And they just plugged him in and he was, he was fine. So I, I think people can, can adjust. I get your concern with Curly on the curve because of the, the, the 200 meter issues. So you'd want to keep him on the straight. And just the fact that he has that, like once he gets going, he's flying. So yeah, I just, it would be, I think Curly in the second leg is going to be best. And then Lyle's on the curve and then close with Bromel. Yeah. I think that's what they end up doing. Or do you close with, do you close with Lyle's and have Bromel? I mean, Bromel on the curve seems like you, you wouldn't want to do that either. You want to yeah. keep him on the straight. No, he close with Bromel. He's going to be coming off of winning the Olympic title. Just anchor with your Olympic champ. That's what you do. I guess they'll have two Olympic champs potentially, right? With, with Lyle's. We'll see. Um, yeah. One last thing about the mixed, four by one. Mix four by four. People want to talk about the mix four by four, though. They want your, your yeah, takes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it really quickly. I just want to say one more note about the men's four by one. So the odds are uh, USA is minus 200, then Jamaica is plus 250. Guess who has the eighth best odds with plus 5,000? South Africa. Jamaica. No, oh. South Africa. Why is South Africa plus 5,000? Like they should be second or third best odds. I'm hoping that sounds, they give me the ability like to – Sounds like you got your pick. Well, I'm, I'm hoping they give me the ability to do pick a top three because South Africa is finishing top three. Right now they don't have oh, those odds oh. available, but if they do, I'm putting all my money on South Africa top three. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Who do you think is the second best team? South Africa. Okay, so what percent chance do you think something happens to the U.S.? There is a percent chance, <laughs> right? So there, there's your, there's your hundred bucks. That's where it goes. That's not a hard one. That's a, that's way easier than the men's ten k pick. True, five thousand to one. Yeah, it's not five thousand to gonna, one. It's five. 
it's 500 to one or 50 to one. It's 50, it's 50 to one. Why'd you say five? I, I, you win five thousand dollars if I bet a hundred. Oh, on South oh, Africa. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's fifty yeah. to one. Yeah, 50, yeah. 50 I mean, to one that- maybe I should. Maybe I should just put like fifty bucks on it, just for the hell of it. Have some extra cash winnings, so I can like hedge my. If USA drops a baton, I'm going to win five thousand dollars. That's pretty good. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to those bets when we get to it. Uh, final event. Mixed four by four, as Carl Lewis calls it, the clown event. There are no odds for it. USA is going to win, <laughs> right? I mean, Jamaica's going to get second. No, no, no odds. No, there's. I bet you the bigger prediction is who can accurately predict who will be on the relay team for the final of the four by four. Like, who do you think they'll pick? Oh, so the the event happens before the 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 four hundred, right? It happens before the yeah, four hundred. Yeah, it's the begin, very beginning, beginning of the meet. Do you yeah, think any of the use any open? Of the, they're not going to use any of that. No, right? No, 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 no. It's going to be here. I'll tell you who it's going to be. It is going to be. Let me pull up my four. Um. So they'll go. It'll be Ellis. You talking about the final? Yeah, the final. So they'll run Ellis and Whitney for the women's legs. And the men will be Stewart and Norwood. So they're just going to pick the fourth and fifth place finish? Yep, because because six and seven are going to run in the the prelim. And then they'll swap out the team entirely. And they'll get eight people gold medals. Everybody will go home happy. So they won't try to give Norman, Cherry, Ross, Felix, Jonathan, or uh, Hayes a medal? No. No. Because they understand, as Carl Lewis said, this is the clown event, and they're not going to do an all-out. For for the men, it would be the day before the 400 starts. What about for the women? Open four. For the women, it would be... Two days before. You're still not going to want to do it. How many days is it before the 400-meter hurdles? 400-meter hurdles for the men or the women? Both. Uh, men, looks like it is – sorry, wim, sorry, women. Oh, it's it's bang, bang. Oh, it's the same okay. day. So, it's, it's the same day for the women and then for the men – it is the next day, it looks like. All right, what a last question. No, what about no, 800? Uh, 800 is, for men, it's the same day. For women. Uh, for women's first round in the 800 is the same day. The day That starts day one. So they have to run it on the prelim on day one, and then the final is the same day as the 800 semifinal. So no, it doesn't work for any of that. This is tailor-made for your fourth, yeah. fifth, sixth, seventh best people. That's what, it's, that's what it's designed for. That's who you run. You don't overcomplicate it. If someone comes to you and really wants to do it, I guess you entertain that. But I just I don't think anybody looks at this event in that way. Would another country – Try to recognize that, like, hey, USA is sending their B squads. Maybe if we go all in, we can win. 
think another country like Jamaica tries that? No, because no, because they look at how good the U.S. like B squad is. It's really good. True, and it's especially because you got to go two men, two women. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be. T- I mean, J- Jamaica would be. Jamaica would be the one. Um, yeah, they could. That could factor in there because their their women's squad is is pretty deep. But I think it's gonna be U.S. I think they're gonna they're gonna roll. Um, I th- and I think they'll use the same process they did in Doha with the people coming off the bench. I could be wrong. I just don't. Th- I just don't think anybody's gonna wanna take that take that risk for their individual event. The women's four hundred being a little bit farther away would leave open the option for that event, but all the others are are too close. We just had two hours, man. Two hours. One Podcast. more thing, real quick. I said I'd give my medal <laughs> overall medal projection for the U.S. I counted it last night. Thirty-four is my number. Thirty-four medals total for the U.S. That's a pretty high number. So if you want, yeah, it was higher than I thought it was. But there's not many events where they don't have somebody in contention. And if 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 you think that the U.S. are going to get two medals in the men's five k, then that number should probably be like forty-five because. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting one, two in a lot of events if they're getting one, two in the men's 5K. All right, we'll leave it there. Tune in early on Friday morning right after the action concludes in Tokyo. It'll be a 7 a.m. Central start, 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. out on the West Coast for our recap of the uh, day one of Olympic action. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks to my co-host Gordon. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in live on YouTube. We'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy day one.